This is Born to Remember, Episode 6, Children and Grandchildren. We lived much closer to your grandpa's parents and his two sisters who also lived in New York. Many friends and relatives from around the world chose that time as well to visit us and see the World's Fair in New York. We lived in a beautiful apartment overlooking the city. By the way, some of the things that I will tell you is humorous. Most of the things end up being humorous, which I like to do. Our landlord did not appreciate the fact that we had people visiting us constantly and threatened to report us to the police. Something about hearing us arguing with my in-laws or your great-grandma and grandpa, who spoke very little English. To avoid problems with the law, we immediately looked for another place to live and chose a house in Elmsford, New York. The driveway was on a hill very close to a steep ditch where your dad got severely punished when he put your grandpa's car in reverse and almost ended up in the ditch. If it wasn't for grandpa jumping in the car and getting the car stopped in the nick of time. You probably figure if grandpa can drive, he can too. He was what, at the time, maybe 11? Soon after, we moved to one of the first condominiums built on Old Country Road in Elmsford. We learned, much to our surprise, that Larry and Rita School was on John D. Rockefeller's estate. We had the privilege of using their beautiful swimming pool up on a hill, and we had a swimming pool, playground, and clubhouse on our premises. This was just in time when Robbie was born. Both Rita and Larry attended Hebrew school in Terrytown, New York, and everyone made friends and enjoyed getting together with the family. We moved to Florida in 1995. We had asked Simon, Grandpa's sister, to find a house for us to rent not far from where she lived. We liked the house, and after a couple of years, we decided to make an offer to buy it. I was surprised that at our age, we were given a 30-year mortgage. I am now even more surprised because our mortgage will be paid in full next year, 2022. As soon as we moved into the house, Sidmon told me that there was an education program in Palm Coast looking for a piano teacher. She gave them my name, and within one month, I started to teach, and I'm still teaching to this day. The next part is the evacuations. A drought made living in Florida difficult. This was the summer when Simon, grandpa's sister who lived in Palm Coast, had her grandkids visiting. We were in danger of losing our home as smoke rained all around us and fire was merging in both directions from where we lived. We were already notified that all of Palm Coast be prepared to evacuate. However, it was early morning and Grandpa had decided to go out for his early morning bagel, something he did religiously. Waiting for him to return, we packed up whatever we could and Rita's kids who were visiting decided that we couldn't leave the pictures of the family on the wall and put them in the car. Grandpa finally came home and we proceeded to join the endless lines of car 
heading out of Palm Coast. Robbie took his own car. By the time we reached Steak and Shake, nothing was moving. Rachel, Rita's daughter, decided to take that moment to call her mother. I heard her as she announced loud and clear for everyone to hear, We're all going to die! I grabbed the phone, visualizing my daughter petrified, but she knew her daughter better than me and told me that she knew that she was in good hands. By then, Robbie jumped out of his car. Simone's car was just ahead of us and told us that they just opened Route 95 and to head towards Orlando, where the fires had not reached. We still witnessed the fires along the highway, but made it to Orlando. We stayed at the Gateway Hotel where the kids had a ball until my son-in-law came to our rescue. Robbie told me that during the ride, Joe decided to get out of the car along the way to take pictures. The best evacuation comes to mind when we went to Rita's wedding in California. Grandpa B and I arrived at the hotel not far from where Rita was getting married. It took us forever to reach our destination, arrived around 3 a.m. We just got into bed when we were heard on the loudspeaker. This is not a drill. Please leave the premises. Since I was in a deep sleep, all I heard was, this is not a drill. In my mind, it meant, since it's not a drill, it's okay for me to ignore it and go back to sleep. Soon after, we heard a repeat of the announcement. That's when I realized what it meant. Robbie gets a panic attack, jumps out of bed, and we quickly left the room. And Grandpa? Once outside, realizes that he left his cigarettes in the room and insisted on going back to get them. We did all make it outside where some of the people were wrapped in their sheets. We were told that some pranksters had poured gasoline in one of the hallways and started the fire. But he got his cigarettes. Grandpa got his cigarettes. The week we moved from Elmford to Oakland, New Jersey, Larry had his bar mitzvah. The ceremony was done in Terrytown in the celebration in my home and backyard in Oakland. Robbie's bar mitzvah was also performed by Rabbi Zadonowitz in Oakland. The rabbi's wife told me that the rabbi would not be able to conduct a ceremony because he was sick in bed. Nevertheless, there he was making sure that he was there for Robbie. While we lived in Oakland, I had the pleasure of getting to know Béranger Grant, a famous opera star who performed throughout Europe in the 1930s. She was now a well-known piano teacher who taught piano to many young people in Oakland. Before my family moved to Florida, she gave me a manuscript of her life with the hope that her story would someday be published. It took over 30 years for me to find Susan Bird, who I met at our temple in Palm Coast to do just that. Robbie insisted that when she mentioned that she often was invited by her students to their bar and bat mitzvah at Temple in Oakland, he wanted to make sure that I included his picture with Rabbi Zadonowitz, which I did. Besides belonging to the temple, I was also involved in Hadassah, choir, mahjong. I conducted Yiddish classes something I remembered before my parents were deported to Auschwitz. I also gave piano recitals and performance such as Wizard of Oz, Charlie Brown, Aladdin, uh, played Christmas and Hanukkah programs, 
and Purimspiel in schools and assisted living. My son, Robbie, took me and his dad to the Strawberry Festival in Plant City. I had brought with me the music I taught my students in our Yiddish class, which is called Brighton Beach Memoirs, that he put together. Soon after we were seated in the bleachers to wait for Neil Sabdaka to appear, Robbie disappeared for close to an hour. Much to my surprise, when he returned, he told us that he had found a way for us to go backstage to meet Neil Sedaka. I was so proud to show him that project that I was working on, how I taught his music to our choir, which he had sung on tape in Yiddish. He asked me to see it and gladly decided to take it with him. Two more things that we will never forget are the times we helped Grandpa selling clothes at the flea market in Spring Valley, New Jersey. Robbie even remembers in horror, horror, some of his own clothes being emptied on the table for sale. His winter clothes he just added at the dollar table. (laughs) All right. Our vacations in the Catskills at Homawak at Brigantine, where we would always bring Grandpa's parents, Emily and Jacob. And finally, Wildwood Crest at the Concador, where we spent many wonderful vacations before moving to Florida. Once we went on vacation in the Catskills, Robbie had the opportunity to interview Nipsey Russell, a well-known entertainer. Of course, in between, we were blessed with wonderful grandchildren. I remember your mom was visiting us the day you were born. I'm talking about you, Joe. She was telling me that the doctor had told her to go to the hospital when her pain was two minutes apart, and they were still three minutes apart. I became frantic and quietly asked her and your dad, Larry, to go straight to the hospital, which was close to an hour away. Thankfully, they made it in time, and my first grandchild was born. I was not fortunate enough to live close to my grandchildren very long, but I was already used to having to live far from those I loved. I was fortunate to have most of you visit me and Grandpa on a yearly basis and blessed to have been able to watch all of you grow up and make us so proud. And now we have three beautiful great-grandchildren, Violet, Oliver, and Mila, who I can't wait to see this coming week. The day Robbie was born, he was born at Wet Plains, New York, at St. Agnes Hospital, February 27, 1968. On the way to the hospital, I asked your grandpa, have you chosen a name for our baby yet? Because now we're on our way to the hospital, and I think they're going to ask for a name. He was not quite ready to give me a name, but just before we pulled up, I said, come on, Jerry, give me a name already. And he said, okay, name him Richard. So I said, are you sure? He said, yeah, name him Richard. So when I got to the hospital and they came around to uh, write his name on a birth certificate, I mentioned Richard. That evening, I received a phone call from Robbie's sister, Rita. And Rita is all excited that she had a little brother 
And I said to her, I, I, but I thought you wanted a little sister. She said, no, that's okay. Grandma said that I'll always be queen if it's just me, or I'll always be the princess. I said, okay, so are you happy about your little brother, Richard? She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, your little brother, Richard. She said, his name is not Richard. I told all my friends that we just had a little baby brother, but I told them his name is Robert. Where did you get the name Richard? I said, well, your dad said he wanted the name. She said, well, he told me he wanted the name Robert. So she got so upset. She said, what am I going to do now? She was eight years old at the time, by the way. She said, what am I going to do? I told all of my friends, and as you know, I already had all of them as students, that his name was uh, Robert. I said, don't worry, honey, I'll talk to the nurse and I'll see what I can do. So from that day on, Richard became Robbie. And I think it was Larry who sent me a note, say, okay, Rich is now Rob and Rob will never be rich. (laughs) And Robbie's laughing in the background. Rita, actually, her Hebrew name is after my mother, Sarah. But in English, we call her Rita Suzanne. We use, I couldn't see Sarah, Soria was a little bit too much. So I used, I prolonged it and made it Suzanne. But her Hebrew name is actually Sarah. Rita didn't even know until recently. She said, I didn't know my Hebrew name was Sarah. I said, now you know. But then when uh, Robbie was born, his middle name is Daniel. And I don't know where or how we picked Daniel, but his middle name is Daniel. It could have been his godfather. I think his godfather at the time was uh, Simon Baruch, and he might have mentioned Daniel. We call those common names, by the way. The first name is always called a common name in our family. So the common name, again, we would go places and we'd hear a name. I said, do you like that name? Not particularly. And then another place. Do you like that name? Not particularly. We went to a gas station and we, I heard someone say, hey, Larry. I guess he was calling someone to, to, you know, to fill the gas. Or I said, how about Larry? He said, okay, Larry sounds okay. And I said, and if he really becomes a big shout, he can always be called Lawrence. So that's where he got his name. But Nathan is is definitely after my dad. Do you remember any crazy things your brother did, Robbie? I would appreciate it. Larry used to collect baseball cards. And one of the companies he dealt with was called Don Ross. And the company went out of business and a dump truck showed up at our house in Oakland and dumped about 500 cases of baseball cards on the grass. So Larry was all excited, went up into the family room, and I got all my friends together. We went upstairs, and we opened all these boxes, and we put them in number order, all the cards, on like 10 and 20 tables. He actually even went to the temple. What happened was that he uh, saw advertised that someone was selling baseball cards. When Robbie said a ton of them, he means a ton of them. Somehow Larry went for it. And I was not there, I don't think, when they delivered it. All I know is that when you think of getting a box of baseball cards, once you look inside the box, what do you see? Individual names in the whole box. No, every box was of one person in particular. Try to think how many people might have been in a box. A hundred? Five hundred players. So he had to have had 
500 boxes. So he decided that he's going to get people together to put him in number order. And we went to the temple, and he had all of the tables in the temple set up so that each person could take from number one, number two, number three, and then put them together individually in a box, which took forever. It really did. It took forever. He did that for weeks and weeks and weeks, where I had it up to here with seeing these cards. So one day, your grandma said, Larry, I want those cards out of the living room. I've got students coming. Okay, okay, okay. Just like your grandpa, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. So that day I decided enough is enough. So I threw them all down to the basement, all of the boxes that were still in the living room. And I don't think Larry ever lived it down, the fact that I would actually do anything like that because he put all that time and effort into it. But I thought that I had told him enough time to remove the cart. In time, he did make very good money out of those cards, by the way. What was the name, did you say, Robbie? Thurman Munson. But what is cute, Joe, is that I was looking for a button in my jewelry box, and I saw your card in the drawer in my jewelry box. Let me show you the picture that I'm talking about. All right, the card I have here is number 75. This is you. Premium picture and trading cards. Joe Sleepy Soria, Centerfield, New York, Gotham's. Sleepy is known for his long drives to the gaps. He's feared, a feared striker with multiple talents. Star cards. Just wanted to remember a little bit around Grandma's relationship with Mom. I wonder what, what stories Mom would tell. But it was a pretty interesting relationship for a mom and a mother-in-law. We would go every week to go visit grandma on Saturdays. And it was a relationship that was completely, I feel like, based around food and mostly food. We'd go out to eat. That was like a staple as long as grandma paid. But it could have been at a diner, at a few different places. Sometimes we'd meet in the middle, like in the Fairlawn area. Um, but usually we'd go to Oakland. Could have been at McDonald's and I would play in the play space, whatever it is. And we, we would cook something. Grandma and, and mom would both like be dieting, I feel like, all the time. So they like a sugar-free recipe or a low fat or this or that was something that they both had in common. But like, I wouldn't call them friends. Like, you know, it was just kind of like that that habit. And it's just something that we always did. Grandma always reminded me, you're going to remember this when you're older, the weeks, you know, that used to always every week come to visit grandma. I do believe that it was grandma steering the ship and mom was happy to oblige. It was something to do every week, a place to go and eat and a little bit of an adventure. We'd go check out garage sales, leave with some extra food, something that grandma would make. But that was like one-seventh of my childhood, her relationship with grandma. Three years? Yeah. No, I was going to say it's two-sevenths because all weekend was grandparents. I don't know. Jess is giving it a little short shrift, but Saturday was Grandma Claire and grandpa wasn't always there. He usually wasn't there. He was at the flea markets or whatever. And Sunday was Grandma Rose and Leon. Not every week, but pretty much every other week we were kind of going to the both of them. So we saw... You know, our grandparents all the time. Sundays was theirs and Saturdays was was Grandma Claire. Interestingly, Grandma never babysat. 
grandma moved when we were a little bit older and I can, there was maybe one or two times that we needed to sleep over there, you know, for a night for something, maybe when Jacqueline was born, but it, grandma was not, did not play the role of babysitter. It's not like she didn't have the time, but it just wasn't her thing. I think that that's interesting. We spent a lot of time with her. And now as a parent myself, I see what kind of relationship grandparents have. And it was a visiting relationship. And I see that that's still there with the, you know, with bringing my kids around. Like she's done parenting for sure. She still has uh, some kids to take care of. So would Grandma Rose babysit you? No, I was going to say Grandma Rose and Gleon. We stayed there once or twice too, but very rarely. When we first moved into the house, I remember they spent some time at the house, like on certain days and stuff. We had a lot of like, a strong relationship with our grandparents, but it's because mom was willing to cart us around and, and just hang and just like make his day of it and make that her and activities. I wanted to call out some of the places I, and I'll you know, do my fact checking on the restaurants. Like Leo was a Phoenix diner back then. And then it was the Phoenix too. And then the Phoenix also diner in Oakland. But a lot of times we were in Wayne actually and in Franco Lakes. So I believe Wayne is where the Preakness, it was always Preakness. And that was where IHOP was. That's where the McDonald's was, I believe. There was a couple other places. And then I think it was the pizza place that I liked. I don't know why, whatever, there's another. Oh, the one across the way. No, Junior's was good. Tony's was across the way. But I think there was a place at Franklin Lakes that had the salad pizza. That was the first time I had salad pizza. I always remember it. I don't know what it's called, but it's in Franklin Lakes next to where they had the paint store, Benjamin Franklin paint store. So I wrote that down. And then... The last thing is you said adventures and you just kind of listed standard, but grandma still does it now. Loved looking in the newspaper for things that were going on, cultural things that we would go to. I mean, whether it was even with like Robbie and them, we were doing like fireworks or I remember going to at least a couple Native American, you know, reservation things because it's like Lawrence went to Indian Hills and that area has like Ramapo and the reservation and all this other stuff up there. So there was always like some kind of random like sewing thing or buying thing or going to the music store i feel like we used to go to even like florida but we used to go to the music store i feel like in in oakland too mom never said no and she would just kind of be along for the ride i don't think she ever had any of the impetus or the ideas either i think she wasn't the leader she was the executor in that instant and it kind of falls into going to florida to visit grandma we were going to oakland no one came to i don't know what it was about our house uh, eventually but None of our grandparents ever came inside of that house beyond the age of, I don't remember. And once we went to school and it wasn't that far. So I'm not trying to down it. I'm just trying to like put it on the record. I got, it's interesting that that house was toxic from the beginning because that house was Jackie, you know, we bought that house from grandpa. How long did he have it before? I have no idea. That was one I actually wanted to ask about. Well, it was a two family. So I guess he was renting both of them. You know, it was a two family house. It still is. Maybe someone wants to tell the birthday party story. My birthday party? Yeah, because I was like, she definitely was alive while they still lived in New Jersey at some point, but not much. So I don't know. That's I was like 13 when they moved. Yeah, I know. Jacqueline was three. Five. Oh, no, I think it was you were younger. Yeah, you were younger. I'm pretty sure I was 13 when they moved because I think they left right after my bar mitzvah, maybe. Yeah, relative to your bar mitzvah. 12? Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Jackie was probably like somewhere between two and four, I want to say. I don't think she was in school yet. For the record, story goes of my first birthday party that I did not attend. I got chicken pox. I don't know. I, there's forevermore. There was that oatmeal mixture in our in our cabinet, in our bathroom that I think I was told like was used when I had chicken pox. You got to tell the story much better. You got you to gotta do it where it's like, hey, so we had a birthday party. And everyone was invited and everyone showed up. 
And the only person that had come was me. There was a cake. I think I blew out the candles. The cake was a American flag. So it was either grandma was preparing for July 4th or just saw a recipe a month ahead. But it was an American flag. Red, white, and blue with berries and cool whip. Now, now you say it, I remember that flag. I didn't know that was her birthday again. I will say grandma definitely did that on repeat. And somehow my birthday, I guess, got celebrated in July because I, there's another picture of me maybe when I was one. I think there was candle and there was like that 4th of July cake. Well, you'd have to be two. Maybe we saved the cake for two weeks. <laughs> I remember, I think I blew out your candles, Jacqueline. I think I was wearing a bathing suit. I don't think she didn't have a pool, but I think I was wearing a bathing suit. So I remember some pictures. Like they had a slip and slide or we got a slip. We, sometimes we used to carry like a slip and slide or something like that. Because they had a big yard in the back at both houses. They had a yard, not a big yard, but a yard. Thank you for listening to Born to Remember Claire Soria. You can find more information and links to the topics discussed in our episode notes at borntorememberpodcast.com. Each episode will also include a link to a select charity that any proceeds from the episode and series will go. Any support you wish to give will also be more than appreciated. Follow us for the latest episodes and more on the Born to Remember Claire Soria Facebook group. You can also reach us directly at borntorememberpodcast at gmail.com. This series was created, directed, written, and produced by Joe Soria. Edited by Leland Holden and Joe Soria. Additional production assistance by Kate Lakota. Original music by Chris Morgan. A special thanks to my sisters, Jessica Soria Korzunski and Jacqueline Soria, for joining me in the sibling chat sections. Another big thank you to Robert Soria for helping me set up and record the interviews in Florida. And of course, the biggest thanks goes to Claire Soria. Love you, Grandma. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. This has been an Arrow production. Production.